Here it is, 28th day of April, year of our Lord, 2021. And we're in the book of Acts, chapter 8, verses 26 through 40, in the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. As we study the devotional call, filled with Jesus and led by his Spirit. May this be a powerful and awakening word for you, dear listener, as you ponder the rest of this day and the rest of this week and perhaps what may lie ahead in your life. And hear the story of a faithful person who heard God say those magic words that we find from the Old Testament on through Revelation. Whenever God calls someone, he usually has to say four words. Here are the four words. Get up and go. Get up and go. That implies a lot. It implies you may be in a very resting, comfortable position. You may be laying down. You may be sitting down. You may be reclining. You may be whatever. God says, get up. <laughs> and not only get up, but go. And those who did embarked on some wild, wonderful adventures. So whatever it is, dear friend, that you are facing in your life, whatever fear or doubt or worry you may have about what's next, ask this question, who's next? It may be you who's next to go and serve. And it may be God himself whom you are going to bless, and certainly everything we do for his honor and glory blesses God. But it also may bring a wonderful blessing to you yourself. So, dear friend, you matter to God. Your work, your service, your lips, your hands, your feet, your mind, every part of you matters to God in wonderful, awesome ways. May we never lose the awe and wonder, the childlike wonder of what God could possibly do in our lives to bring life, to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring love, to bring good cheer to someone who needs it very much. So hear now the word of God. Verse 26. Then an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Get up and go, there are those words, toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a wilderness road. Here are the, the result of magical words being agreed to. So he got up and went. Now there was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of the Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, in charge of her entire treasury. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning home. Seated in his chariot, he was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, go over to this chariot and join it. So Philip ran up to it and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He asked, do you understand what you're reading? He replied, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to get in and sit beside him. Now the passage of the scripture that he was reading was this, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter. And like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he did not, or he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, About whom, may I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip began to speak. And starting with the scripture, he proclaimed to him the good news about Jesus. 
As they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. What is to prevent me from being baptized? He commanded the chariot to stop, and both of them, Philip and the eunuch, went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself at Azotus, and as he was passing through the region, he proclaimed the good news to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God. And we, as the people of God, say, Hallelujah, Amen, thanks be to God. Well, again, friends, may this Wednesday find you in a wonderful place, anxious to hear God speak to you in marvelous ways. And I would pray, dear listener, use this opportunity to find new ways to serve Christ in your life. Make time for demonstrating God's love with all people. Use that time also in prayer, lifting up the names of those who need, who need God's blessing on and in their lives. Please pray as I always urge you for one another and pray for yourself as well. Now here we meet Philip the evangelist, not Philip the disciple. These are two gentlemen sharing the same name. We first meet him, Philip the evangelist, in Acts chapter 6 verse 5, who along with Stephen was chosen as servants known as deacons. He was a faithful follower of Jesus and as such was filled with God's Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit, dear friends, means that we are ready to be taken to the next big adventure, and this story clearly shows us that when the Spirit says move, we move. I love that song. And at least Philip did. God said, get up and go, and he got up and went. God sent an angel who told Philip, get up and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. Here we find the four key words in God's commands to his people, get up and go. We find this in almost all passages where God orders a major move or a major action from one of his followers. Now listen, it takes faith to say yes, and double faith to get up, and then triple faith to go. See the correlation, get up and go. It's one thing to say, okay, yes, I will get up. Another thing to say, okay, I will go. And then triple faith to actually go. And so here is Philip the evangelist. And imagine being sent down a wilderness road without a real clue as to what to do or whom to meet. But as always happens in God-ordained situation, the need makes itself very obvious. This reminds me of my first solo appointment to Latin American United Methodist Church in Waco, Texas. Uh, I was a student. Uh, I was a newlywed. Nellie and I were living in Dallas, Texas. I was attending uh, SMU, and Nellie had a job at Robert E. Lee Elementary School close to where we lived. And uh, <clears throat> I was told by the superintendent that I could not report for duty in June, as was the custom, but to wait till August until the sitting pastor could graduate from that school there. I forget the name. starts with a B. Okay, Baylor Bears, national champs in basketball. And I have a fondness for Baylor, don't get me wrong. My daughter, Caitlin, is a nurse practitioner in the Baylor School of Medicine. And when the time came, there were no introductions as we have today where the incoming minister meets the 
church officials, SPRC and church council chair and, you know, the lay leader. It was just, you know, show up that first Sunday. So I ventured out when I had no classes on a particular day by myself, drove the two hours from Dallas to, to Waco. And no GPS, no cell phones, no way to finally find the church. But as we say in Spanish, al puro tanteo, you know, just by trying this and that, I found the street and I found the church. Of course, nobody was there. Parsonage was not next to the church. And if there was a parsonage, there wouldn't be anyone in it because the outgoing pastor was gone. So I drove to the next street and there was a convenience store. And in front of the convenience store was this huge beer delivery truck. So I went in and asked the gentleman behind the counter uh, if he or anyone he knew knew anything about Latin American United Methodist Church. Now, the gentleman delivering beer uh, put down the, uh, the beer that he had in this uh, cart and he said, are you the new preacher for Latin America and United Methodist Church? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, well, my wife goes to that church. Let me call her. Tell me that was not a God-ordained moment where <clears throat> God had sent this new pastor down a wilderness road, so to speak, without a clue as to what to do next. But as I just read, as always happens in God-ordained situation, the need makes itself very obvious. That man called his wife. She came quickly over <clears throat> with the keys to the church and uh, a little map to where the parsonage was. And long story short, that and the man who was not a member of the church yet became a believer, became a member, became one of my most active lay people. And even a more beautiful part of the story, his son, who was just the 13 or 14 year old, uh, when I met him, is now the pastor at that same church, doing a wonderful job serving God, being faithful. Amen. Now, here is Philip in this isolated road or on this isolated road. He meets up with a foreign government official who, while seated in his chariot, is reading the prophet Isaiah. Philip must have thought, okay, this must be the person, this must be the situation, this must be the need. And so as he nears the chariot, the spirit said for him to join the chariot. So getting closer, he hears the official reading out loud the word from Isaiah, which were these words, like a sheep, he was led to the slaughter and like a lamb silent before a shearer, so did he does not open his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? for his life is taken away from the earth. Now, those are some awesome and some confusing words. So naturally, this official says what he says because Philip asked, do you understand what you're reading? He says, well, how can I? Someone needs to explain it to me, but I'd like to know who are they talking about? And this was why Philip was there at that moment, because he took the opportunity to share the question as a way of introducing the good news about Jesus to someone from another country, someone in a very important position. This was the treasurer of Ethiopia. And Philip did such a good job explaining the good news of Jesus, and you can tell it was a comprehensive message, a comprehensive witness witnessing opportunity 
because the official was ready to be baptized at that point and time. Philip the evangelist did a wonderful job of evangelizing at that moment in the life of this gentleman. And even to this day, I just get excited that he says, look, here's some water. What's to prevent me from being baptized? He's asking for baptism for himself by pointing out the water that they came near. He orders the chariot to stop and the two of them enter the water and Philip baptized him. The rite of baptism, the sacrament of baptism given to this new believer. And when both he and Philip come out of the water, Philip is snatched away by the Spirit. And it happened in a supernatural way. Remember, we are supernatural people involved in supernatural work. And some of it's difficult to understand or explain. Scripture says that Philip was snatched away by the Spirit. And the Ethiopian official saw him no more. And before Philip knows what's going on, he who went down the wilderness road is now in another part of the country, in another setting, where he begins again to share the good news of Jesus Christ to all the towns until he got to Caesarea. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now Philip, along with Stephen and the other deacons, had been, back in chapter 6, called on to wait on tables. This was not considered a menial job. It was an important task of believers for new believers. And this came as a result of some disagreements and some racial tension, even there in that first church. So we could consider this frontline ministry of the Spirit-led kind as we read about it or read about it in the opening verses of chapter 6 in, in the book of Acts. As a result of a complaint against unfair treatment of one racial group over another, the entire community met to elect those who were spirit-filled people of strength and wisdom to help in the distribution of food. Those elected were commissioned by the laying on of hands, and they began their ministry. In other words, this commission involved praying for and receiving the Holy Spirit so that they could do their work in an effective and powerful way. It's very interesting to see how two of these deacons were actually deployed. Stephen was a gifted preacher and used that gift to give witness to the Lord Jesus Christ. And as a result, like Jesus, he was killed for his faith. Philip, a gifted evangelist, one who had the knack and the ability to effectively share the good news of Jesus, does so. He shares the good news, the good news of Jesus sent by God to convert a man from Ethiopia, an official from Ethiopia, and as I said, the treasurer of Ethiopia. Now, friends, we don't read any one of the deacons saying in Acts chapter 6 that the work to which they were appointed was beneath them or not worthy of their being there. These were faithful, believing disciples who put Jesus first and his ministry first and sought to serve Jesus however he felt was worthy and necessary. Worthy that upon receiving his call to get up and go, Philip didn't ask where, or is there at least a Walmart in that place? Will I be within driving distance to an HEB? And if it's not an HEB, what kind of grocery store do you have in that town? And can my spouse find decent work nearby? 
Now, these are real questions that uh, I've heard, and maybe you've heard too, that some ministers ask when they find out they're being appointed to somewhere they are not familiar with. My very first full-time appointment after Waco was to go down to Rio Grande City. And I've shared with you that in those days, Rio Grande City, there was no Rio, no Grande, and no city. The Rio, the river, the Rio Grande, was like five miles south of town. Grande means large. We were in the city in those days, and still to this day was not grande. And it wasn't incorporated, so it was not a city. But I didn't ask, <clears throat> well, what's there? I found out soon enough by driving into the city and saw that in those days, sidewalks were rolled up at about five or six o'clock in the evening. Friends, we read of faithfulness and fruitfulness because of trusting obedience. The kind that God is looking for still in me and still in you. Now, dear friend, if you love Jesus, you know that Jesus loves you. And you should also know and you should trust that Jesus seeks only the best for you. And he expects the best from you as well. Opportunities will come and our willingness to serve will bless others and you will also find that they will bless you. So, amigo, amiga, what are you waiting for? Let's pray. Faithful Father, send me and or this listener where thou wilt and put us to doing whatever it is that thou would have us do. Let us in all ways seek only honor and glory for thy name. No glory or honor for us. We just want to be known as faithful. But we pray not by our merits, but by the merits of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Dear one, thank you for tuning in, and I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. Find a moment today to say these words. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And get ready, because God will say those four little loving words that you learned today. Get up and go. Receive my blessings of peace and joy. I'm Pastor Adi Valverde. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen.